Imperial battleship, halt the flow of time. I cannot swim, you Spanish peacock. I'm not Spanish, I'm Egyptian. You five-star double-rated astronavigatrix. Uh, 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 what? Space, herpy. Give me the remote control. Good heavens, General, that sounds like a woman. Impossible! Welcome, listener, to Star Crashed. We discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. In this episode, we'll discuss Terror of the Midnight Sun or Invasion of the Animal People, or otherwise known as Rymdinvasionen i Lappland. Uh, it is from the year 1959, and my name is Ebba. And my name is Linnea. So, uh, why did we choose to watch this movie? <laughs> it's uh... It, it's a. It's Why a, did we put us, put ourselves through this? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a. It's a bit of a cult classic here in Sweden. Um, it is uh, as sort of established. It's a Swedish slash American co-production, and it is one of our oldest science fiction movies that were at least partly producing in Sweden. So it's it has a li- little bit of a cult status. Absolutely, I think um, most. Swedes with an interest in science fiction movies knows about uh, yes. <laughs> in Lapland. And it has for sure been on my to watch um, uh, goal, <laughs> let's say, uh, for a long time. But I just haven't had um, really the sort of will, <laughs> let's be honest, uh, the will and 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 uh, right time to watch it. And I, I'm really happy that. Um, uh, we watched it for this podcast and that we get a chance to talk about it uh, just because it has a place in in Swedish uh, science fiction uh, movie history. So um, I'm thinking, I mean, we could really quickly go over the synopsis of this movie and I kind of want to throw out a spoiler warning immediately because I feel like if I'm going to sort of talk about the movie in general here uh, real soon, it, it will get into spoiler really fast. So uh, spoiler warning, be here. <laughs> Now let's go on. Let, let's get on with it. Uh, so, what's the movie about? Well, it's basically about a team of people who are going to investigate a UFO that has crash landed in uh, in the far north uh, of Sweden, and it is. Um, their job to sort of figure out what it is and and if it's um, dangerous to people and later on trying to figure out what these um, aliens want and eventually also tackle the fact that there is basically a snowman uh, walking around and um, attacking people and specifically attacking the romance interest uh, <laughs> slash niece <laughs> <laughs> slash main character called Diane uh, who is also in the in the sort of being hunted by this snowman and uh, um, you know that's basically it and we find out that the aliens were sort of here to investigate themselves uh, the snowman and um, and that's my take at least on what this movie was about I'm sure there's a lot of filler that you could add to that but uh, that's the gist of it as far as I could uh, make out it yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, it, <laughs> it is a short film. Uh, the version that we watched were like an hour and ten minutes. Um, yeah. But it's still really, really padded <laughs> with 
stuff. Oh, so uh, so padded. Yes, <laughs> not there's not actually a lot of plot and substance here, but uh. <laughs> no, there's. I mean, the padding consists of them talking about. Oh, I wonder what the UFO is. A little bit of that, mm. uh, and then mainly skiing shots, which made me think of like, is this uh, budgeted by like? you know the tourist board or something like did they have something to say in this uh, and also um a romance so that's the, the that's the padding basically yeah yeah the romance takes up a, a, a huge part <laughs> of the film yes yes <laughs> it would be correct to call this a romance movie honestly yeah um, yeah but but i will say the skiing scenes were really nice I did. F- I mean, I'm not a skier at all. I haven't been standing on a pair. F- I mean, it must have been like 20 years ago or something. Uh, but the skiing scenes made me go like, mm, that looks like a lot of fun. Until she fell and hurt her knee. Then it wasn't as quite as fun anymore. Mm. <laughs> uh, so initial thoughts, like general thoughts uh, after watching it. What did you what did you think of it? <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, Are you daunted by this task? I can imagine. It, it, it was a movie. It was a movie. Yes, it was a movie for sure. <laughs> it had plot almost. Yeah, yeah, it had actors in it playing kind of characters. Um, it had dialogue. There were, there were dialogue of a kind. <laughs> oh my god, it's ticking all the boxes, right? This is a movie. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Who Thank would you. know? <laughs> um, it was entertaining, though not necessarily for the right reasons, but it was entertaining. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I especially liked how they were sort of mixing the languages. Like sometimes they would just throw in like mm. Swedish dialogue and they were like yes. fake Sami uh, language. And it was just uh, okay. I okay. mean that was fake, right? I I mean I'm not a Sami expert here, but that that did seem a little bit, I don't know, or maybe they just they 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 just basically told the extras here, you know, go on, shout anything you want, we don't care, because there was one point, and I I was wondering if you also noticed this, um, when they're sort of in a cabin or like a pub, let's say, and there's a song, uh, a singer who's. Um, singing a sweet a song in Swedish mm. and the main romance guy is dancing with uh, his love interest Diane and he is translating it to Diane who is an American and uh, he he isn't saying he isn't saying what the singer is saying did you mm. notice that as well um I mean some parts were but the I mean the gist of it I guess was almost the same but it just was a be weird. It did make my brain hurt a little bit <laughs> as I was trying to listen to both. <laughs> things yeah, at I, the same I don't time. think I don't think I attempted to listen to both because you know when, when they are like two good choice spoken tracks of each other or one spoken and one song track. I I my brain can't really <laughs> sort them out. So yeah. I I just think I listened to what he said and uh, you know. I mean, but, good choice. I'm still yeah. picking up brain matter from the carpet <laughs> and just trying to shove it in my ears again because. <laughs> Uh, it was a bit tricky I'll say that uh, but but yeah um, the whole th- them s- sometimes speaking Swedish um, and sometimes just English it did make it a little bit 
difficult at first to sort of figure out if they understood each other anyways or if someone was supposed to be sort of American but had a sort of Swedish accent or the other way around and sometimes Mm. it looked dubbed as well I swear Diane and um she hers is the only name I actually (laughs) remember now but also the sort of romance guy um Eric he he yes Eric thank you he also looked dubbed at times so I'm I'm not quite sure what they had going on there um yeah it was was strange Diane uh the character Diane is played by an actress called Barbara Wilson who is American and Eric was played by a Swedish actor but sometimes it sounded like she had an accent and he didn't and it was just I don't know it was weird it, I, I agree <laughs> like, is you know, that, I mean is the fault with us though for being Swedish and possibly. looking at this 50s movie and yeah yeah possibly possibly yeah. possibly <laughs> possibly <laughs> uh, yeah so um, dialect antics aside um, when it you know concerning the plot as thin as it is what are your thoughts on it um it feels suit well suitable is perhaps the wrong word but it feels off its time like i look at this and i think of oh you know this is the decade when we had the thing from another world for example and we we had Mm. plan nine from outer space in the same year Mm. so (laughs) you know it's yeah (laughs) it's it's that sure. kind of a film and I don't mind that I, I like those kinds of films I'm attracted to those kinds of films because they are entertaining they are they, they have a certain mm. kind of charm to them um, <laughs> that, that said this is still I would say on level with Plan 9 in certain regards <laughs> um, when it comes to maybe production quality and yes. clunky exa- dialogue excellent and- example <laughs> I have an excellent example just when it comes to uh, production value because mm. uh, like I said there were a lot of nature uh, scenes and, and scenery that was terrific in my opinion but uh, there is a real plane being used at points where mm. a, pl- a plane uh, out in the uh, really cold um, cold nature where there's so, sort of scouting like where is where did the UFO land do we see any tracks uh, and there are a bunch of people in the plane and this poor poor pilot of this plane uh, I can't imagine what a hard work he must go through every day to try to steer an airplane with a car car steering wheel that isn't attached to anything I just can you imagine (laughs) the amount of sheer will that makes that plane go left and right (laughs) I mean kudos to him for even making it fly so that's just one example of how budget friendly (laughs) some of the interiors and things were Uh, but I will say they did use the nature um, to its advantage at points I really think so so um, but it is charming in that way I think and also I was really intrigued in the beginning when they were sort of this team and they set out to find this um, this crashed UFO in the middle of like northern Sweden and it's really cold got things correctly here which they learned about from a, a um, Sami person I think it was maybe the leader of his, of a, of a Sami population so uh, I, I was really intrigued with the premise however it quite 
quite early on it was also noticeable that this was going to be very romance and skiing heavy mm. <laughs> and and that's where it sort of lost me and then they also find the ufo but then, then all whatever tension they possibly had it sort of just mm. you know flopped in on itself i don't know how to describe it correctly but it just blah, like that so uh, unfortunately that's why they lost me when it comes to to that sort of entertainment that i could get mm. out of it um do you recognize yourself in in that or yeah 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 um mm. i think this is a problem that a lot of lower budget films from the the 1950s had that yeah they they relied maybe too much on talking um yes they, I'm no, not right yeah not necessarily on on good dialogue because i don't really think that no some of it were good uh but but on talking like on on mm, explaining mm. things instead of showing them and sort of exactly. cheating a little bit by saying oh there was an avalanche but we don't actually see the avalanche because that would be action and that mm. would be fun and we can't have that yeah. <laughs> There, there's so little um, like urgency and so little um, just forces that sort of drives everything forward. You know, there's mm. it's it's a bit lifeless, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a, that's a good description because I I do feel like even though this was low budget and it was in the fifties, there are things they could have done with it. They could have uh, let's for, let's say tricked to the point where the UFO crashed and have sort of the journey to that place mm. be um, hazardous without you know going overboard with the let's say snow machines and avalanches and things that would cost money but maybe someone you know breaking an ankle or, or something that would make maybe the food going you know something um or maybe something more that would make it seem like a threat. Let's say the, the ice has started melting up there and there's, there's a river coming down. You know, mm. I am literally picking these things out of my ass, but <laughs> I feel like they would do something else with the plot that wouldn't cost them a lot and um, was doable at the time. Mm. Um, but I do. there is something about these like you were saying, these 50s low-budget science fiction movies um, where they sort of relied on the gimmick of the movie and sort of, uh, yeah, sort of just felt like that that would be enough. That would be enough. That and dialogue will be enough. Mm. (laughs) And, you know, maybe back then it was. Maybe it was enough. I don't know. (laughs) It's really hard to sometimes to sort of remove your own modern uh, glasses and, and, and yeah yeah I mean yeah. Story, storytelling techniques have evolved since the 50s both in movies and in books and, and similar medias so you know obviously we will have or we, we will be used to certain ways of telling stories today that just yeah. weren't a thing in the 50s that weren't that hadn't evolved <laughs> at, at in the 50s so yeah, so, yeah I think we look at this today and think, oh, even even for a 50s movie, this is kind of bad. But, you know, when, when <laughs> if, if you had lived in the 50s, it would maybe the scale would have been slightly different. It would maybe have been smaller or, but, or not not spread out as much, I guess. Yeah. 
But correct me if I'm wrong, like, wasn't, I mean, wasn't science fiction movies something that was a little bit looked down on? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't what it is today or even, like, in later decades where it was something that anyone could go and watch and enjoy. It was a little bit more like, oh, that's a little bit, that's a little bit rubbish or a little bit lame, you know? It, like, yeah, it yeah. didn't have that. <laughs> it did, because you couldn't get the budget for them either. And that is a sign that it just wasn't taken seriously. Um, by producers and and even maybe moviegoers to some extent so maybe (laughs) if 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 the times themselves had looked at it a little bit different uh, we could have had uh, different kinds of science fiction movies from then also I don't know Mm. I don't know just riffing but um, um, so you mentioned the acting a little bit and I just like to see if you could maybe um, <laughs> mention a, a, a little bit more about that like what did you feel about the acting that was maybe lacking or maybe that you did enjoy um, or, or if anyone in particular like stood out to you as an actor or an actress I think for the most part the acting itself is fine but the material they have to work with is kind of challenging to work with. Like, like I said, the dialogue is stilted. It doesn't quite feel natural or always. Mm. Um, it's It suffers kind of the same problem as Plan 9, you know, when they, they're explaining yeah. things that doesn't necessarily need to be explained or they, they're just talking for the sake of talking that is really unnecessary. So I, I, I think... We look at this and spontaneously we might think that oh the acting is really bad when in fact it's really just that the actors has so so little to work with um, and such challenging material to work with. Um, but I mm. I think I would say that the actor who played Eric, um, the actor's name is Stian Wester, mm. I think his name was. Uh, he I think stood out to me most. Um, he he had the charm that was fit fit for a good fit for the character and he had i think the most sort of body acting in the movie mm. Mo- mostly because he was the quote unquote action hero of the film of the film but but he got the most chances to do sort of the more dynamic acting that i think several of the other characters didn't so uh, to me i think he stood out the most yeah, I agree with you, and I, and I also feel like, um, you know, the scenes with Diane and Eric, I did feel like they were kind of natural together. So, so I would say that that is due to their acting. So I I, I agree with you. They probably did what what they absolutely could with the material, uh, and I and I can only applaud them for that. So so whatever issue I have with the dialogues and <laughs> maybe the scenes. Um, is probably most down to um, the writing, let's say. Mm. <laughs> so, so absolutely, uh, I did enjoy that the 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 sort of the gang that was sent to investigate um, the UFO. Uh, there were different ages, and they felt like different characters, <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> let's add to that, uh, and they did feel like a group that you could send to to investigate something like this when you absolutely don't know what it is, and it could just as well be um you know a, a rock 
from the sky mm. uh, which it was in a way but anyways <laughs> uh, so that was <laughs> that was a positive note yeah, yeah. I feel as well though I kind of feel like um, they, they don't actually do that much investigation they, don't, they, they do fuck all <laughs> they talk and they 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 don't do anything really <laughs> I mean they, they essentially right up until yeah. they step out of the plane that's fine by me but after that no what are you doing <laughs> just walking around talking <laughs> they essentially just trek up into um, this place they call it Ruxjarvi yeah. and uh, as a Swede I'm just like it's Ruxjarvi but whatever uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they, wow. they trek up in into the snowy mountains f- to look at mm. this meteor um, meteorites and they go there put on some equipment look at the rock and say mm, this is alien and then they split the party <laughs> which if you have ever played which role-playing is games, ridiculous yeah if you ever played role-playing games you should not split the party and they do this and never ever go, split it, up it goes to hell uh, <laughs> so um yeah yeah they they don't really do that much because at that point the monsters start turning up and the investigation sort of just derails you know they don't really do anything else so uh no, was, no, was... they're pretty rubbish. Honestly, <laughs> they are. They definitely are. Mm. Um, so, I feel like do it, maybe we should just mention the sort of the yeti, the snowman. Um, d- uh, did you pick it up as them being several or just one? Because in my mind, it was just one, like one snowman. But maybe they were more than one. I don't recall right now. I think there were just one. Um, just one that, that yeah, was my impression anyway yeah yeah just one snowman roaming the landscape um and the aliens were sort of interested in that i guess i mean they just felt like they were a bit curious right yeah yeah i guess i, am I mean to, there, there is a scene that is bugging me right now but i don't remember what it was about they were sort of skidding about diane and she was screaming a lot and i just don't remember what was the point of it but um I mean, we we see so very little of those aliens. We don't really know anything about them. I mean, no, the a- the aliens nothing. in Plan Nine from Outer Space had more motivation and more sort of explanation oh. for what, what they were doing. Definitely, it's Definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was really frustrating because you're like, you know, I I knew there was going to be a monster in it. I was expecting that, and I sort of assumed yeah, that, that yeah. was the alien. And it's then, on the poster. Yeah, yeah. Almost. But then it, there's like this other kinds of aliens, and I'm just like, who are they? And we mm. never learn. It's not explained. And I'm just like, what? Well, the movie says, fuck you. And then it says, end credits. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. You know, the Sami people kill the monster. The other aliens just said, fuck it, we're leaving. And that's it. And you just. Yeah, like, we're done. Bye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're on the plot now, so we're going. <laughs> Yeah, you're just like, well, that yeah, was an end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I said earlier, this was I mean, a movie, that was an end. But this was a movie, that was an end, and uh, this is a conversation about it. <laughs> it takes all the I boxes, am working my brain uh... trying to, to figure out what else there is to talk about. I mean, we could go on about the Yeti or Snowman. I, can't, I, I honestly can't decide which one I want to use, so I'll go with both if that's okay by you uh, sure <laughs> snowman mr snowman yeti yeti boy um i mean there isn't a whole lot to say about him he was giant he wrecked some houses that i think belonged to 
the Sami people or maybe it was the cabin by now um, by then I was a bit uh, bit uh, off and on with my interest in the movie to be honest <laughs> Uh, so maybe it was both. Anyways, I think the Sami were the ones who uh, brought uh, the Yeti down eventually mm. because he threw a bunch of um, torches f- on fire uh, on him and he he died by fire, essentially. Mm. Um, I mean, it was an okay monster, I feel. I mean, Look-wise, I think it looked yeah. fairly all right. It yeah. had big teeth and big really big feet and and was hairy and i mean what more can you ask from a yeti so that was all fine by me it just it was a bit hard to get interested in it 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 does yeah it does take (laughs) it does take a long time before anything really happens like the first half of the movie is the meteor lands the scientists talk to each other and they travel to rick's jury and we have a long establishment of, oh, this is going to be a love story. Here are the characters that are playing with that. That's the first half of the movie. And then the second half is, oh, now we're actually traveling to the meteor. And oh, there's a monster. And oh, now there's action. You know, the se- <sighs> second half is so much more interesting than the first one. So, you know, I don't blame you. I don't blame you if you lost interest because the first half is boring. <laughs> yeah, it's really padded. The pacing's a bit <laughs> off. Yeah, let's just let's just say it like that. It, the pacing's a bit off. It, it's it's not great fun. It's a bit rubbish. There are a few highlights for sure. Um but I'm I would I don't think I'd recommend it to anyone. Honestly. <sighs> Except for people of course, of course like always if if you are interested in science fiction film history, um this is a fun one to sort of add to your um, you know, to your brain library, let's say. Absolutely, I'm very happy to have seen it. Mm. Um, I just know, I just don't think I'd recommend it as a movie to someone. Um, no, I mean, personally, if you are American or British or anything, and you have access to a huge chunk of the sci-fi movies of the 1950s, this is not one yeah. you're gonna pick. But if you're Swedish yeah. and you're exploring Swedish film history. I do think this one is worth checking out just for for what it's representing. You know, this is Yeah. Like I said, I don't believe it's the very first sci-fi film we had. I can think of at least one older, but it's one of the first and it's probably the most well-known out of our our older um sci-fi films. Definitely. So I think I think it is as a Swede it's worth checking out because of its cult status, but not not <laughs> nothing else but that you know uh it's going to be yeah, a very absolutely. little interest to other people i feel absolutely perfectly put um yeah is there anything else you uh you want to get into well i think it's worth uh pointing out that there's actually several <laughs> versions of this film um several <laughs> cuts <laughs> uh, hashtag not the Snyder Cut. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> that was a tangent. Uh, so really like <laughs> contemporary though. So I yeah, mean that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not gonna go into what I think of Snyder cuts, but whatever. Uh, no, let's leave. Let's leave the the sleeping bear be or whatever. You like. 
know. <laughs> um, but as you were sort of hinting at in the beginning when you were presenting this film, you know, it has several titles and each title is sort of uh, connected to its specific cuts. So there is the original Swedish version, mm. which to us in Sweden is known as Rimlinvasion i Lapland, uh, or also Terror of, of the Midnight Sun, um, which is the one that we watched and it is mm-hmm. just a, a little bit longer than an hour um, and it is you know as, as the film was intended uh, essentially uh, but then they had uh, the American release of Terror of the Midnight Sun that was slightly shorter just clocking in at a little bit less than an hour where they had cut out certain scenes like Diane for example gets a shower scene where she takes off her clothes clothes and you can sort of see her naked body through the the shower curtain uh, and that one was removed for the American release Uh, but then a few years later I think in 1962 or 1963 they in the US re-released the film as uh, Invasion of the Animal People and at that point they had added scenes with uh, John Carradine as a narrator and I also think as an actor in certain scenes. So that one is um, like 10 minutes longer than the original, so like one hour and 20 minutes or thereabouts. <laughs> that That is not the version that we have seen, but it exists. <laughs> I, a bit confusing, honestly, because also <laughs> if you go... <laughs> If you go on IMDb and you're trying to look up this movie, you might get a bit of confusion. I had a confusion (laughs) (laughs) trying to find it. But um, there are at least three versions that you can choose to uh, watch from whatever suits your interests here. Uh, We would, I think, considering we watched the original, we would sort of recommend that one. Uh, why put yourself through long a longer movie <laughs> and why miss out on almost nude Diane? Really, your only option is the original cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the wise choice. <laughs> agreed, agreed. <laughs> agreed. <laughs> okay then, but uh, leaving versions and uh, Snyder Cuts behind. We are now moving into our regular segments <laughs> and we are starting off with Relationship Wreck and this is fantasize about a romantic relationship that we don't see in the movie but you want it to ha- happen, aka ship it. So who are you shipping, Eva? Well, I am shipping Diane and Ice Iceman <laughs> or, or Yeti Man or Snowman. <laughs> I am shipping them because it's absolutely weird and it shouldn't happen. (laughs) But he, and I am saying that it's a he, uh, the snowman, he was relentless, I feel like, trying to... uh, to uh, kidnap uh, poor, poor Diane. Uh, maybe he was actually like a tourist, you know, like a, a, a man, <laughs> an actor stuck in a tourist suit meant to sort of frolic about with the kids and the families on the Alpine tourist area, you know. Be like, woohoo, let's go skiing. And something made, something happened and he was just stuck in this horrible, sweaty, yeti suit and, and he, he meets this incredible woman and she doesn't understand that he's saying, help me, I'm being sewn into this horrible touristy <laughs> monkey suit, save me. And she can't hear him because the voice is distorted and everything just, everyone hates him. And it's just one big misunderstanding, um, yet it can't catch a break. 
And that's the follow-up movie to this one, if you hadn't, if you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. It's also in three versions, and the original is also the best one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because we get nude Yeti. So yeah, uh, I'm shipping, shipping this really weird couple. Are you, do you have any any weird fun ships? Uh, not really, no. But I would like to sort of add something to to, to your ship here. Very creative. Yes, please. Yeah, very creative ship. I did not see that one coming. Um, but but you did. Yeah, you did sort of get me thinking here that you know the monster. He does have the most interaction in the film with Diane. Like right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, we either see him destroy buildings. We don't actually. I don't actually mm-hmm. think we see him hurt any person, and he definitely do. I don't do think not, so either. Yeah, he definitely does not hurt Diane. Um, you know, he he's trying to get to her, so I. You know, he's a little bit intimidating because he's essentially essentially yeah. chasing her. Uh, but at one point, yeah. she has wandered throughout the night, lost in the snow, and she's essentially you know freezing to death. Pretty much, mm-hmm. he goes and he picks her up. He brings her to the alien spaceship, and yes, the aliens are there. But there is also a fire there that he puts her next to. So you know, exactly, he's, he's not that bad. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so good of you to point it out. I mean, it it is essentially he's not a bad guy. No, it's it, there is an uncut version out there in <laughs> somewhere in a basement where Diane and Iceman. I mean, it's out there. It's out there. We'll g- it'll surface eventually and we'll watch it and it'll be awesome. Goodbye, yeah. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the movie, li- movie will actually end. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, honestly, I'd, Eric, you, you know, you, you were handsome, but I think, you sure. were, I think you were a bit of a player. So not, sh- not sure that yeah, you were that big of yeah. a catch, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> exactly. And we don't know what the guy looks like in the suit. He could exactly. be Chris Hemsworth. Just <laughs> saying. We don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, from weird ships to weird sex. Let's go with <laughs> Bang Bomb Blast. <laughs> it's our version of Fuck, Mary Kill in the same order. Linnea, mm. you have a smurgs board in front of you. And on the table lies Diane, Eric... And the monster, a.k.a. Iceman, Yeti boy, tourist man working his day shifts, we don't know. Snowman. <laughs> Who would wow. you choose and why? <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Um, I don't know. This is, uh, this is a hard selection. It's... Honestly, more challenging than it might first appear. Um, you know, Eric, as established, he's handsome and he's kind. You know, there's mm. nothing wrong with how he. Well, I suppose this maybe a little bit wrong with how he he's pursuing Diane in the film, but he's, for the most yep. part, he's he's fine. But like I said, he's mm-hmm. a bit of a player, I think. We do see him with another lady in the beginning of the film, and mm. it's not established whether he's in a relationship with her and he's ending it or, or who she is so you know mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Little, a little bit of the wrong vibes there I think um, mm-hmm. and then there's Diane who is also kind mm-hmm. but I think she's also a little bit immature at times um, 
fair. She does stow away on the airplane that they use to fly up mm. in, into the mountains. Um, mm-hmm. And she's sort of really acting immature at times. And, and I sort of feel like we would maybe get on each other's nerves a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But she's also really... Don't want yeah, that. She's yeah. also really pretty. You know, she's probably the, pr- the prettiest pretty. one of the bunch. So Definitely. Yeah. And then there's a monster who is... <laughs> I'd love to hear this, yes. <laughs> the monster, the yeti boy, uh, who is harder to judge. Um, he, he doesn't have the looks going for him, I guess, compared to Eric and Diane. Mm-hmm. Um, his motivations for what he's doing is a little bit... Unex- unclear. Yeah, unclear, yeah. unexplored yeah. in the film. So, like I said, he could actually not be that bad of a guy, I guess. Mm. Um, so, uh, I don't really know what to pick. <laughs> uh, You've made some really good and fair points throughout this thing. So, I really feel like you can do it if you want to. You can pick a band upon the blast from this weird selection. Uh, I that, believe yeah, okay, you. okay, okay, I do. Mm. <laughs> I, I can make a selection. Uh, I, I guess it's. I will bang Diane because she is the Good. pretty. She is the prettiest one. And then I will blast Eric. <gasps> Controversy. <laughs> and I will I bond with the monster, and I will save the monster, and we would go to space together. Excellent. You'll take over the ship, I guess. Then yes. Obviously. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Because the aliens did seem a little bit incompetent. Because no one really knows what they want. They didn't seem to get anything done. And mm. I really feel like you and the monster, however weird and freaky that is, you'll get more shit done with that spaceship than the aliens could ever achieve and hope mm-hmm. to achieve. So, yep. uh, excellent. Uh, <laughs> excellent choice. <laughs> it's really weird though, but excellent. <laughs> um. I am betting all my horses here on uh, Chris Hemsworth being in the in a monster suit here. <laughs> <laughs> all in. This is the only way that I am bonding <laughs> with the monster. Otherwise, he is blasted for sure. Um, so I am going the same route as you, but only if the monster is Chris Hemsworth in a suit. Um, otherwise, he's blasted. <laughs> But who would know, who who would ever have thought that uh, Yeti would get so much love in a podcast episode? <laughs> True. True. Unexpected. Uh, he is very grateful. He's very <laughs> grateful. Um, I do want to uh, just get temporarily a bit more serious here. Um, so according to IMDb, Absolutely. the actual man in the monster suit was called uh, oh. Lars Orien. He is known for Wait. no other movie but this one. This is his only acting credit. <laughs> oh no! Oh, and, oh and there's no picture. No. So oh, he no. could he could be Wait. Chris Hemsworth. Just saying. <laughs> Wait. It says here he's also known for he's an, he's the monster. He's also an alien and tall nightclub soldier. Oh wow! Okay. So, so he tall was... nightclub soldier sounds hot. <laughs> Let's go for it. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just because I looked at his, his IMDb profile earlier and I saw that he had done no other movie and I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna give him a little bit of a credit because he did a good job. He did do a good job. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, from that then, um, to argue why this should win a Gordon, if you got one <laughs> for this movie. Um, a Gordon is our version of the Oscars. Uh, we give it out freely, willy-nilly to any movie that comes our way. Um, but we always think about it very seriously. So I am interested in your very, very serious Gordon that you want to give out to Rymdinvasionen i Lapland. Only serious suggestions. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, there, there is actually one that I want to give up. So so we watch this on YouTube because it's uploaded mm. there. It's quite easily available. There's actually two versions of it there. Um, and one of them we watched and I had a look at the other one to sort of compare quality, mm. picture quality. Um, yeah. And I noticed that the music in the beginning of the movie was different in the two versions. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm assuming that the other one was uh, the American release, maybe. Uh, so the, the version that I did not watch had this mm. really generic drama monster flick music, you know, sort mm. of a st- string piece that that is just yeah you hear hear yeah you hear that and you feel like oh i heard that in 10 other movies before this one um (laughs) but the version that we watched actually started with a song and it was like a soothing not not a pop song necessarily but just Mm. sort of soothing uh, piece Mm. that is called um midnight sun laments and it is uh the same song that is sung later in the in the film in swedish but the mm. English translation of the of that piece was actually made for this film, and I like that one. Oh, so neat. I'm I'm gonna give it to that song, uh, to the translation of the song, and to the usage of the song in the beginning of the film because it did set a certain tone, and I like that tone. <laughs> like I appreciated that. that. That is such a good Gordon and a well deserved. And I I would also add to that um, also the sing the singer um, mm. uh, in the segment where. Um, Eric is translating it and there's the pub scene uh, I think it's very well sung and it's a nice, absolutely fine nice song to listen to so um, if it's unique to this movie like you say, it's, that's really cool And um, I think, uh, if yeah I could, If I could, <laughs> you know um, <laughs> what's it called, kitty, kitty back, no? Ki- yeah, yeah Tag along on your <laughs> I don't know, my English is deteriorating here, uh, but if I could like just, you know Oh, hop on your Gordon there, I would totally, because I think yeah. that's a very yeah. excellent Gordon too. I, I, I want to point out that I don't think the melody itself is uh, written uh. for the film. I think I read somewhere like on Wikipedia or something that it's based on like an old Swedish melody, like an old Swedish oh, okay. um, visa is I guess what we would call it. Mm. Um, but the English, neat, yeah, yeah the, the English lyrics and were written for the film and I th- I think it was a good choice of of a, of a song to include in the film. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I'm also gonna give out a Gordon. Uh, mine's short and sweet, uh, and I'm giving it to the. My God, this Yeti! We just can't stop <laughs> talking about the Yeti. But I'm giving it to the Yeti costume because I think it was a perfectly fine Yeti costume, um, and it did have some really fun markings in the snow that it made. Which made it seem like it could either be, um, you know, like it, it possibly even like a dinosaur or something like that. So, I think it was really 
fun costume and had gnarly teeth and and a lot of hair and it looked it looked fun and it made uh, the scenes with it in it a bit more interesting i feel like yeah. so i'm giving yeah. it to 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 the yeti costume good fair Definitely. um yeah just to to uh, comment on that it did look better than the bear suit in Hercules in New York. So, you know, that's the scale that you're on here. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everything looks better. Yeah. Better yeah. than that. <laughs> My God, but I miss Hercules in New York, though. That was a fun movie. So fun. <laughs> Can we go with double feature immediately? Because that is my double feature. <laughs> <laughs> when when it feels a bit like, eh, okay, after watching Rymdimotion in Lapland, go with Hercules in New York and you'll laugh it all away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also Prime Arnold. Well, not, you know, it's very pre-Prime Arnold, I feel like. Mm, early so Prime, it, it's yeah. Very early prime, pre-prime, pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-p
that would make a great double feature as well. I feel like mm. then you're then you're absolutely like you've 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 watched it all. You've you've mm. done it now. Like it's yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, might possibly be something we're checking out in the future. I'm guessing. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. I th- yeah. Um, is there you know, is there anything else that you want to add to? to our discussion here before I ask you the last question of the evening. <laughs> no, no, I think, uh, no. you know, if you if you go with Plan 9 or uh, the Stora Nattens Vårdnad, you will, you will have a fun night to get with Terror mm. in the Midnight Sun or Hercules in mm. New York, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good double feature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, terrific. Yeah, so... My final question to you would be then, uh, if you think that this should be remade in 2020, <laughs> no. or maybe 2021 <laughs> with how things are going, but... Uh, no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not because I dislike this film. Like, I actually kind of like it. I, I, you know, it, it, it does, I guess, find, finds its place in my heart a little bit. But yeah, it, it is very much a film that should live in the time period where where, where it does um it mm. i don't think it has room outside of that um because it has the charms of a 1950s sci-fi films but it also has the problems of one and i don't necessarily oh, think that you yeah. can translate that very well into 2020 um i think there's that's so well put yeah yeah there's a few hills mm. to overcome there that is maybe not worth the effort i would say Absolutely. No, I totally agree with you. But I will say, though, that the idea um, of a science fiction movie when there there is an alien invasion and it is in northern Sweden, um, I would be really interested in that. But I would be super interested in it if it was from maybe um, from maybe the Sami perspective mm. or, or, or mm. you know, made made by people who have that sort of connection and can sort of tell that story with how with with connections to that landscape mm. i feel like there could be something really cool there and um, uh, maybe you know <laughs> one can dream here maybe in the future uh something like that could be be done and i i think it would be i would be totally down for for that um but not a remake then <laughs> just just the sort of basic ass premise here mm. <laughs> i would be down for <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, that is all for us this time. So, listener, have you seen Terror in the Midnight Sun? Uh, We want to know what you think, so go to our Facebook page, Star Crash Podcast, where you can share your thoughts and also give us recommendations for future episodes. Uh, We also have an Instagram account, if that's uh, more to your liking. That is also Star Crash Podcast. And join us in two weeks as we sit down and talk about the green slime. Bye! (coughs) Ahem. <coughs>